I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of Clay and Buck, and you never know what the day is going to bring on this show. Clay Travis, just a few minutes ago, Kicked off Flutegate, throwing this member of the Woodwind family, uh, on the, under the bus all across America. Flute players, piccolo players, which is really like a tiny flute. I don't flute. even know what the piccolo is. See? Look at that. No respect for this member of the Woodwind family known as the flute. Clay is not a flautist. And we have flute players all across America telling us uh, that they want to have their word with Mr. Clay. So we will get to that in a little bit. I just wanted to say Clay decided to light that. This this is a, a theme on this show sometimes. I'm I'm looking one way, and someone goes, hey, is that Clay with an M80? And by the time I turn around, it's already lit and about to go off. I'm like, good heavens, what's happening here? And there's Clay, just gleeful grin on his face as the M80 explodes. I'm just, I'm just picturing Buck like the flute, big flute community instead of showing up outside the Supreme, <laughs> instead of showing up outside the Supreme Court justices to protest. <laughs> you don't understand. They're not going to protest. They're going to be on your front lawn all playing flutes That's what I'm saying. until all hours. What is, what is the most annoying song that, that a flute player could play in like, on Moss, like I, I, I you're the I big, green, big flute green guy. Green sleeves might be up there for some people. That's a classic flute. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's some songs. They taught us Bach in elementary school. Uh, we had the flute. Did you have a xylophone when you were in elementary school? Did, did you have yeah. to purchase a xylophone? Sure. Yes. We had. I, this is one of the most ridiculous. I, I'm very anti-flute. I may be even more anti-xylophone. We had, Buck, an entire... It's funny to think about now because I'm a parent. We had an entire Christmas special when I was in elementary school where everyone sat on the stage with our xylophones in front of us and we played Christmas songs with those little wooden mallets on those ridiculous... I'm going to share something with you that it's just... 
This is just between us, okay? This is just between us. At my school, we actually had a class at one point called Bells, and you would you would have to put the on ones these... that you hold. Yes, yes, and we put on white gloves <laughs> to hold our bells, and then this is for the Christmas carols and stuff. And we would sit there. This was a class. It was like a, a trimester class. It was only a few months. But we all learned to to swing our bell at the right moment with the white gloves on. That is unbelievable. And I think about it now as a parent. There are so many things that we did. In, like, I can't imagine now showing up to watch one of my own kids play, not sing, play the xylophone sitting on the stage, Christmas music. The other thing, Buck, that we did, did you do I, Your schools might have been too good for this. The, our fundraiser was they gave us boxes of chocolates and we were just supposed to walk around and sell chocolate bars and it's like slave labor it's like the world's my, my fine. I don't know if that stuff a, still exists we did a walkathon where we were like hey we're going to go walk around new york city give us money so no we were not we were not uh, above a little bit of the fundraising we had hustle. chocolate candy carrying cases i'm talking about like 8 years old and it's basically slave labor. You're walking around trying to sell this world's finest chocolate. It's just a freaking chocolate bar. I don't understand how many of the decisions that we were allowed to undertake in the 1980s were considered totally normal. And I'll also tell you, uh, one thing they got rid of at my school that I thought was was really good, and and I, I don't know how many other schools had this, we had uh, required for phys ed wrestling as a class. And oh, not wow. only did we have, did we have required wrestling, you, there was a tournament that everybody had to, and really? like you had to be in the tournament. The whole school. The whole, well, from like, it's like the Royal to, Rumble. From fourth to eighth grade. So it was by grade year and it was by weight class. But at the end of it, you would actually end up wrestling someone in front of the entire school from fourth to eighth grade and everybody else. And, and I'm going to tell you, once, once you've had someone like pile driving your face into the mat in front of 500 of your, of your, of your buddies, you know, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good analogy for life, but also you want to learn how to handle yourself a little bit and having that people think, you know, that, oh, like if someone like pushes me, I'm just going to like turn into a superhero. No, what actually happens is your heart starts beating out of your chest. And you start getting scared, and then you're, you, you know, you have to figure out, are you going to do something, or are you just going to get pummeled? That's what no. actually happens. All right, I'm going to blow your mind here, Buck, because I couldn't believe this. My father-in-law, who grew up in Michigan, in the Detroit area, went to public school. They taught them swimming, okay? They had a swimming pool at, like, the public school that he went to. They were all nude for swim class. In like the 1950s in Michigan, you would go to learn how to swim and every, <laughs> he's, if he's pranking me, I, and I, I've mentioned this before and other people who are like around that age are like, yeah, I, you know, we learned how to swim at public school too. Everybody was naked. Can you believe that that happened? I mean, I'm not talking about happened in like the 1840s. Like they taught them how to swim. Nobody wore swimsuits. All the boys were, and they were not with this the girls. Elite men's athletic clubs and, and sort of uh, social clubs and, you know, elite in quotes, whatever, but in New York for a long time that were all male. And they, yeah. a lot of them had to go co-ed because there were lawsuits because of business that was being conducted and women were excluded from this anyway. But when they were all male, 
People are going to think that I'm crazy. And, and uh, by the way, the famous ones that some of you know of in the New York area, this people swam in the pools naked. And naked this would have been in what, what years? Like, I mean, this happened when I was, this, this happened when, when I was you were a up. kid, like the 1980s. People so the would kid, just, the, uh, we, we, you know, we would wear, but like, the, there were like really old dudes would splash around in their naked. Yes. The kids would wear bathing suits. I mean, I, I couldn't, of all the stories that I've heard about kids going to school, I couldn't, like, the fact that everybody would just show up totally naked and get taught how to swim at public school, bonkers to me. It's how they did, it's, I mean, it's, it is, I agree that it's a bit of a, it's jarring. They had the Olympics naked back in, uh, ancient Oh, Greece, I know that, back in that. Greece in the ancient, uh, in the ancient days. <laughs> this show just took a really weird <laughs> turn. Clay, what have you done today? I, I want to talk about a national just... security threat. All right, let's stop talking about Are naked we, swimming in the Is Russia going to blow us up in space? Yeah. All right, here we'll, we go. We'll, House, we'll, okay, everybody, recentering yeah. here. Blame Clay for this one, and flute players, send us send us your most fiery emails. Um, House Intel Chair's cryptic warning about serious national security threat prompts officials to urge calm. You know what I thought was most interesting about this? Not the fact that there's some vague, we have a very serious national security threat, uh, and, you know, no specifics beyond that, right? I mean, this reminds me, if you remember, after 9-11, there was the, oh, the threat level is orange. Oh, no, yeah. It's that's yellow. gone away, hasn't it? We had the yeah, color flip. Yes. Because everybody was like, what? You know, because they would go to a yellow threat level, and the whole yeah, thing right. was, was was idiotic. Um, But people were scared, and when people are scared, they're susceptible to bad ideas, and people in power use that fear to push bad ideas and increase their power. Anyway, they, they push this national security warning um, and, uh, here is Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor. I mean, this guy, the notion of this guy inspiring any confidence about security, I wouldn't feel good if Jake Sullivan was in charge of my neighborhood watch, but he's the national security advisor. Here he is. This is cut five. Play it. House Intelligence Chair speaking out about a serious national security threat. The lack of your ability to say anything has the potential to raise distress for some Americans. In the simplest of terms, can you tell Americans that there's nothing they have to worry about right now in terms of what he describes as a national security threat? Look, I think in a way that question is impossible to answer with a straight yes, right? Because Americans understand that there are a range of threats and challenges in the world that we're dealing with every single day. And uh, those threats and challenges range from terrorism to state actors. And we have to contend with them, and we have to contend with them in a way where we ensure the ultimate security of the American people. So, Buck, my thing on this is it's awfully convenient how there's sudden deep threats to national security that emerge when there's a $100 billion that you have to vote on to protect Ukraine, Taiwan, and Israel, or you're un-American. And when this story came out yesterday afternoon, what I sort of heard in the response was everybody just sort of rolled their eyes. And I think this is emblematic of a deep and abiding lack of faith in institutions that exist in America right now. And I think a lot of it is the legacy of COVID, where they told us all these things that made us look ridiculous and did not protect us at all. And now I, I was already, and I think you are naturally this way too. I'm skeptical, skeptical of authority in general. If you tell me, Hey, you must do this. My eyebrows get raised automatically. Uh, 
I think I it, actually it, will it, tell I will, I will tell everyone when you tell Clay not to do something, just like in the M80 analogy, he's lighting that M80. So yeah, I'm, I'm like, more likely when I'm told not that I can't do something, I'm more likely to want to do it than if you let me make my own choice. And so, but what I've seen overwhelmingly from this buck is a lot of people are like, you know what? I I just I don't really believe it, and the timing is suspect, and I feel like you're lying to me. And everybody and I think just that's the natural everyone belief. raised everyone looked skyward uh when this came out there I, I did not sense you know and I'm trying to you know online you're you're reading between the lines and trying to figure out what the consensus perception may be it's imperfect obviously but we live in this world and you can do it pretty well if you're constantly paying attention to what everyone's saying um I sensed no anxiety at all I sensed a, a near universal give me a break yeah, everyone's saying, think about this. You have the top of the national security apparatus in the United States saying, there's a really scary threat. You gotta be scared, but you gotta keep your composure. And everyone says, shut up. And that's where we are now. And I think it's where we are because of the failures of the so-called foreign policy and national security intelligentsia. Uh, the, the sense of an increasingly partisan uh, FBI, CIA, and, you know, those are really the gold standard agencies within that, within the intelligence sphere. But, you know, that's something that people are very aware of now. And, uh, there's, there's a general, um, just unwillingness to be led around anymore by these clowns, which, which I think in, for the most part is a good thing, right? I, the, the problem is there could be something that's real one day. And not only do we have clowns in charge, we have people who will assume the clowns are honking their noses again. You know what I mean? They're not, we're not yeah. going to take it as seriously as we should. And the one thing that's a bit alarming about that buck is it is the boy who cries wolf scenario, right? At some point in time, there is going to be something where we're going to need to know that there is a danger and it's going to make sense to respond to it. The problem is we've been lied to and gaslit to such an extravagant degree that I think many people, I would put myself in this category, are not going to believe threats that are actually serious in nature because all of the lies have piled up and there isn't a reason to trust the people in positions of authority. And I don't know how that gets rebuilt. I think, Buck, probably you and I are too young to remember this. I think some of our listeners will recall it. The, the legacy of Vietnam was a profound distrust in this country. Yeah. And I think after 9-11, people were pretty trusting in the United States. I think people genuinely thought, hey, everybody's trying to do the best thing that they can. And now I, I don't know how that gets rebuilt. It might take a generation. It might take longer. 800-282-2882. The first sound an unborn child makes comes from their heart. A child's not even a month into its existence, still in the womb, before we can hear the baby's heartbeat. At five weeks into its life, that heart is big enough, loud enough, to be captured on ultrasound. That's where Preborn steps in, the nonprofit organization that helps pregnant mothers contending with the decision of abortion or life for their child. Because of the kind of work they do and by providing a free ultrasound in the process, they're able to rescue 200 babies every day from abortion simply by providing a mother with that free ultrasound. Hearing her child's heartbeat and seeing their perfectly formed body in the womb so often makes a difference and pushes that mother toward the decision to give the baby life, give her child life. That gives life to her child. It also, in so many ways, ways saves the life of that mother because she won't live with the trauma 
of a decision that she wishes she could take back for the rest of her life. You can be a critical part of this process because the only funding for preborn comes from you, the pro-life community. People like you and me giving their money to save lives. For just $28, which will sponsor an ultrasound, you could be the difference between the life or death of a baby. And I know so many of you can spare $28. Think about that. $28, and it's going right to giving a mother who is in crisis an ultrasound that will encourage her, just because of her own decision-making and her own connection to that child, encourage her to have a baby that she would might not have otherwise. And someone out there, I think, listening to this right now would be able to donate more. Can you consider a leadership gift? $5,000, $10,000. I know times are tough right now, but we have people in the pro-life community who could write that check and not think twice about it. It's 100% tax deductible. And you'd sponsor Preborn's network for a day, two days, maybe even a week. Depends on how much you can give. Consider a leadership gift of $5,000 or even $10,000. Donating is very easy. Use your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating so you can give with confidence. Sponsored by Preborn. 24, a new podcast from Clay and Buck covering all things election. Episodes drop Sundays at noon Eastern. Find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Flute community is outraged over my assertion that people who play flutes are, are losers. It is the loserest of all the instruments. I looked at it, I was just like, maybe I'm being unkind to flutes. And I want to make it clear that I apologize for absolutely nothing. I looked it up. I'm not even sure what the second closest loser instrument is. There you got that guy. Like, you basically, especially if you're a man, maybe you I feel differently about your woman. over harp as a, really? I, well, the harp wasn't on my list of available mm. instruments. Score one for team flute out there, I do, everybody. Do men play harps? I think the harp is only played so. by like virginal women, right? Like, <laughs> I think once you sleep with a man, you're not allowed to play the harp oh, anymore. Man. That's the rule on the harp. Um, I, I look at the flute and I think to myself, you have decided to become an expert on holding basically a penis shaped object in your hand. And blowing into holes on it all day long. This is not something that I choose to do. More power to you. By the way, we got an email. Lots of email. An email? Clay, we have got nothing <laughs> but emails. Clay, Clay's decided the third hour of the show today is going to be devoted to naked swimming policies and flute players. Clay, this is from Paul, VIP email. I am a professional flute player in South Florida. See, when I hear that, I just think, like, you're a male escort. That's what I think when I read that sentence. Just wanted to say, gay male escort, escort, by the way, just wanted to say, guys who play the flute are serious chick magnets. P.S. You guys are great. I love listening every day. No woman has ever said, when she's seen a guy playing the flute, I gotta sleep with that guy. That has never happened in the history of mankind. Is this me? What am I talking about? Tunnel the towers. Look. We want to make sure that we do some good in the world because God knows we say a lot of things that isn't, aren't necessarily amazing on the show on a day to day basis. And our friends at Tunnel the Towers, they actually make a tremendous difference in the world. They will make sure that they take care of so many people out there that gave their lives to try and make you safe. And what Tunnel the Towers is doing right now is they are helping to make sure that younger generations know all about 9-11. You know, it's been, what are we sitting at, 23 years? There are kids graduating from college now who know nothing about 9-11. The Tunnel of Towers 9-11 Institute is righting that wrong, making sure that we never forget what happened on that day. You can join both of us in donating $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Floodgates are open. Do we have calls to? I've, the emails are flying in at a pace that is is dizzying right now. We have patriotic flute players across America, and I, I neither confirm nor deny. I mean, it's probably a woodwind instrument. I can tell you that, but I'm not I'm not telling anyone one way or the other what uh, instrument I grew up playing. Um, I'm just going to say right now, though, Clay, the flute players of America, they're going to come find you, my friend. And then we've also got a lot of people who grew up. Swimming, um, what, uh, au naturel, uh, you know, swimming, uh, sans Ton, Tons clothing. of people are email. Let me read some of these for you, Buck. Well, <laughs> By the way, poor Allie. 
She just said, I'm on taking phone calls. It's all people talking about naked swimming in gym class. Like, this is a thing that I, I think if you are, did you have any idea this happened? Would you have believed that public schools in like the 60s and 70s, men learned how to swim naked? I would have, I, I thought I was well, being pranked. You change, you change in the locker rooms naked, as long as it's not. Yeah, there's you know, a big difference between being buck ass naked in the swimming pool with a hundred other dudes and wearing, changing That's and putting on a, a swimsuit. Question. When did buck naked become a thing? Because I gotta tell you, it wasn't easy growing up. Like what does a buck, a buck have to do with being naked? It's just, Media matters. I think it means bear, right? That's a good question. I don't know. Buck naked. I don't know where that comes from. Someone, when are you know? Why is it like John naked? It's Buck naked. It makes no sense to me. I don't understand. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with one. You're catching some fire here from Damon, one of our VIPs. I suspected Clay would not know what a piccolo and some (laughs) other instruments like the oboe is. Clay, those things you played in elementary school were not flutes. They're called recorders. You silly adolescent. So Damon is not oh, hurting man. my argument that people oh, who like to play oh. flutes are losers. Because oh, if you write great. in and you're like, you don't even know what an oboe is, I'm going to be like, yeah. Again, I stand by it. Is there? We have millions of listeners. Is there any woman right now listening to us that has ever seen a man playing a flute and said, I'm going home with that guy? Any, there are millions of listeners right now. You can call the show. You can confess. You saw a man playing the flute. Because there's lots of people out there who saw a man playing a guitar. Saw a man playing oh, yeah. the drums. The, the, the guy playing the guitar at the college party, you can never trust your girlfriend next to that guy. Because you know what's coming next. He's going to put her name into the song. I wrote this just for you. That's why the guy learned how to play the guitar for the chicks. Everybody who learned how to play the drums did it for the chicks. Nobody was like... I'm going to take this penis object and blow into it so amazingly that every gr- I move my fingers seductively on it, and every woman in America is going to want to be with me. I don't think it's ever happened. Bob is writing in. These are all VIPs writing in. If you want to be a VIP, go to clayandbuck.com. Please sign up, subscribe to the show. Uh, and Bob writes in, hilarious, I'm crying. Clay is so right. I don't know who they are, but I know they're losers because they play the flute. That is the quote that he has. <laughs> Linda taking the other side of this. Yikes, flute discrimination for many years and still many of the top symphony players around the country who play the flute are men. So Linda is saying in the classical music world, Clay, flute players do get some chicks, but they're probably the oboe players. She's just saying that they play it. She didn't, I, I stand by this. No woman has ever seen a man playing the flute and said, I'm going home with this guy. You might have gone home with him despite the fact that he played the flute. There are women out there right now, married guys who play the flute. They're like, I wish he didn't play the flute. I wish he'd played the guitar or the drums. I'm being honest with you. Oh, oh wait, here we go. Ken- Kendra writes in, Clay, the only way to be a cool flute player is to be a classical flutist. And for goodness sakes, keep the flute out of classic rock songs. I'm an expert in this as a music teacher. Made my living teaching band in schools, and I'm a saxophone player. The only really cool instrument there is, and then she throws me under the bus, I bet you Buck is an oboe player. <laughs> or maybe viola. Wow, viola. I didn't, I didn't play any instrument in school. I'm tone deaf. I couldn't even sing in chorus. So I am objective here. And people who play loser, uh, play flutes are losers. That, that's the rules. Scott. You could have played the guitar. You could have played the drums and gotten chicks. 
Scott writes, Jump is Van Halen's worst song by far. In fact, if you look it up, you'll see that that song was a betrayal at the time. Good Van Halen song include Pretty Woman, Dancing in the Streets, Running with the Devil, Drop Dead Legs. And, and I, 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 I disagree. I think Jump is, is at the top of the Van Halen, uh, pantheon or, or catalog. I, I celebrate Van Halen's whole catalog. And, uh, I don't, I think this, this, you're throwing some heat at one of the better songs, but Clay doesn't know Van Halen, so I don't think we can spend too much time I, on that one. I, I, I don't know anything music. By the way, we, we got a lot of naked swimming emails. You want to get I was going to say, go for Phil it. Phil says, Lockport, Illinois, all the boys gym class swimming done in the nude, a ridiculous sight. What many of us didn't know was there was an air vent on the side of the building where curious girls or others could get a glimpse of us standing on the side of the pool. My immediate thought, I hope the pool was not cold. I hope that that pool was warm. You're having to stand around naked. Remember the Seinfeld episode? I was in the pool, cold pool. I, I don't know. This guy. I attended Tappan Junior High, Junior High in Ann Arbor, Michigan in the 60s. We regularly did all male swim classes in the nude. I look back on this and wonder what perv pedo implemented these policies. Fortunately, I have no complexes from it. Uh, I guess that's when for, I knew for sure I wasn't gay. We swam naked in high, Chris, we swam naked in high school, suburban Chicago in the seventies. Not just swimming, water polo too. They played games against each other? Water polo? This is, uh, this is, uh, in, incredible. Um, yes. Switching gears here, Mark writes, agree, Buck, the best Van Halen song is Why Can't This Be Love, Sammy Hagar, all the way. Uh, and Bucky uh, writes in, it appears that suddenly overnight Buck has become an expert on music. He knew who recorded Tainted Love yesterday and Jump Today. That being said, music and sports are the only two subjects I could beat him at in a game of trivia. Bucky, I got news for you. Just sports, buddy. Just sports. Wow. You're throwing yeah. down the gauntlet on your Just music sports, knowledge. my man. I, I wouldn't pretend for a second that I could take Bucky in a, in a sports competition, but, uh, you'd have your hands full on the rest of it. Doug writes in and says that I'm wrong. He says bagpipes and the accordion are both worse than the flute. I well, disagree. No, bagpipes are badass. Pretty badass. I, I agree. People play bagpipes and everyone wants to grab, grab a claymore and run off to war. Like, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think bagpipes are At least are you want to have a guess. Badass. Like, I can't hear a bagpipe playing without wanting to, yeah. also, uh, to, to have a, a I've nice I've never beer. seen a female, a female bagpiper. I've only seen dudes playing bagpipe. And a guarantee, by the way, you tell a dude playing the bagpipe that it's like not manly, you are getting a headbutt to the face. Oh, he would beat your ass. And, and the accordion, I, I know you love Lady and the Tramp, the worst of all the Disney movies, Buck. But Such one of the decent you see this? scenes. The guy who doesn't know music doesn't like the Disney musical. What a surprise. Uh One of the good scenes in uh Lady and the Tramp is when they have the spaghetti and they run out and they have the kiss and they're playing the accordion. I'm very pro-accordion. The accordion dunks all over the flute as well as the bagpipes. Ooh. I think that Doug Clay, should be ashamed for that take. There are limits. This is this is not nom. There are rules. Like there are limits here. I don't know if you could just throw the accordion is better than the flute. Like no the accordion Infinitely doesn't even have better. a place in symphony orchestras. Like the accordion is That a, helps. This is not like nobody wants to be in the symphony orchestra. You want to be in a nice Italian restaurant. You want to bring lovers together. You want to aid in the propagation of the species. Do you want to have a guy dancing around with a flute? Or do you want a guy with an accordion in a nice fancy Italian restaurant bringing love together? This is not a tough, this is not a tough call. The accordion 
dominates. I, I will the say I, we grew up in an era, and everybody who's roughly our age, um, you know, because I'm in my early 40s and Clay's in his late 60s. So everyone rough. <laughs> I love when people write in and tell me I have to stop being mean about your age, by the way. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, Clay is three years older than me. So, so our ages, uh, out there, you, you all know that, uh, the saxophone in the eighties and nineties oh, yeah. was legitimately a phenomenon. Like you go back and listen to a lot of the top, you listen to like top Whitney Houston songs. There are KG. saxophone solos. I think the sax is a great instrument, and I know people associate it now with Bill Clinton. He stunk at it. People who are really good sax players, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think there's a sex appeal for the saxophone. I think women are impressed by the saxophone. The character uh, Ron Swanson as Duke Silver was a saxophone player. So if it's good enough for Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, it's good enough for me. It is. I think you're right, though. Bill. If you ask somebody right now, I bet in our listening audience, What's the first thing you think of when you think of a saxophone? I think a lot of people's answer is Bill Clinton playing the saxophone on Saturday night on uh, Arsenio Hall. That's where it was, right? It was on Arsenio Hall show back in the That's day. Right. Um, if I remember correctly, that was the Fox late night show. And uh, Arsenio, did you ever see Coming to America 2 that came out recently with Arsenio Hall in it, reprising his role as uh, Coming to America? You didn't know that? I didn't even know they did it. Oh, it's pretty, it's decent for as remakes really? go 20 years later. I think it was on. Oh, it's a sequel. Oh, sorry, part sorry. Two. Sequel. Yeah. Well, I said part two. Yeah, sorry. Right. The, the mic's in my ear. Like, it's a sequel. It's not a remake. Okay, sorry. Yes, Coming to America 2. He reprises his role as the, you know, uh, consigliari or whatever his title was of it the Eddie Murphy character. Consigliari, because we don't pronounce the G in Italian. And. He's the king of Zamunda, right? Well, Eddie Murphy is, but but Arsenio Hall is like his oh, like yes, body yes, man right, right. or whatever yeah, you yeah. want to call him, like his chief his chief protector. His, his, he's his really right good. Man. Yeah, his, he he's really good in the uh, in that one for sure. Right, you have to do a read, and then we have to get some of these. We have we have flute player rage coming through on the lines right now. I just want to let you. We did cover all the main news today, so we do have that going for us. Let me just also mention Ali is saying the saxophone. We watched The Lost Boys recently. There is a shirtless saxophone player in the band in the movie The Lost Boys. It is the most ripped, good-looking saxophone player of all time. I couldn't stop laughing about it when we watched it because it's very 80s. I think he was like in tight jeans, shirtless, long hair, sunglasses, just killing it on the saxophone. That is what Allie, producer Allie, thinks of, not Bill Clinton, the incredibly good-looking 1980s saxophone player from Lost Boys. So just clearing that up. Can I just tell you, my, my college roommate, true story, was a tuba player, and he was the first tuba player I ever met. Did he get chicks? I can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny. No. No, he did. I think he he's married too. happily now with several children, but I did have she to did. help him get, I did have to help him get some dates freshman year, if I recall, yes. There you go. All right, what do I got to talk about here? Sorry. Uh, I got to tell you how to save money and protect yourself uh, before you get wrecked online. Um, you know, not everybody can be uh, sexy and cool and play the flute, but everybody can make sure they don't get taken advantage of on the Internet. And right now, if you get hooked up uh, with uh, LifeLock, they will help to ensure that there is no cyber criminal able to take advantage of you. They are doing so many different crazy uh, uh, ways to try to get your information on a day-to-day base, uh, basis. You know, you don't hear about a lot of them either. You hear about the big hacks, 
but the ways that they get you are so subtle and sometimes you don't even know how. For instance, QR codes. I hate these things. Do you know what I'm talking about? The QR code. You go into a restaurant now, and during the COVID era, they stopped giving you actual menus, and they said, hey, can you just pull out your phone, take a picture of the QR code, and you'll be able to look at the menu? There are fake QR codes now that they will get to allow them to get into your phone to be able to access your information. Well, you obviously might not even have any idea that that's going on because they are subtle, they are conniving, they will take advantage of you. That's why you need LifeLock. LifeLock uses online systems to detect identity theft and make sure they alert you to them when they happen. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Sign up with LifeLock today. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with my name, Clay, as your promo code. Uh, that's LifeLock.com, promo code Clay. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. You can go online to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code Clay for 25% off. That is promo code Clay, LifeLock.com, 25% off. Stay on top of election news with 24 from Clay and Buck, a weekly podcast you can find on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left wing media spin listen to armstrong and getty on demand on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, we've had a lot of fun today. Updating you, by the way, if you uh, are just getting in your car, 
the Georgia criminal case against Donald Trump has collapsed in an excruciatingly hysterical fashion. We played a lot of those clips for you. Encourage you to go listen to the Clay and Buck podcast. You won't miss it. Probably there will be more tomorrow because the entire thing has turned into a cavalcade of hilarity and absurdity. Um, uh, Donald Trump set for trial March 25th in theory in the Alvin Bragg bookcape bookkeeping case. We encourage all of you in the WOR New York City listening audience to do whatever you can to get on that jury, even if you play the flute in your spare time. Uh, you can make yourself cool by actually keeping Trump out of prison and make up for the fact that you play the flute. Um, and uh, also, we have been deluged with people saying that my father-in-law was not lying to me, that all of you, many of you out there, especially in the Midwest at least, learned how to swim naked in public schools, and I still can't believe that this is real. Buck has also done his research. That's a sexy saxophone player in the Lost Boys, right? Producer Ali had the crush on the saxophone player, like, pretty good-looking dude. I mean, I can confirm that Ali thinks that he's a handsome fellow who plays the sax, but I, I'm going to defer to you on whether that alone is a sexy you, saxophone no. player. You, you are married, you're heterosexual, you can acknowledge if someone is grotesque or attractive. He's a good-looking man. He's very good-looking, like ripped. I'm not saying that I want to play. He's in very good him. shape. I will. I will. I will admit to that. I would want to know if he was taking a little test, a little HGH. What I want to know what's in oh, his. Oh, back stack. in the day, he's on straight steroids. Let's be honest. Straight steroids. This was like the WWE era. They you didn't have amazing? like any tiptoe up we, to we it. We grew up watching movies where all these guys were the, supposed to be the, the height of masculinity. They were all on steroids. Oh, okay, totally. Schwarzenegger, steroids, Stallone, steroids, Jean-Claude Van Damme, steroids, Dolph Lundgren, steroids. You're going to Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage. Everybody that you saw shirtless in the 1980s was shooting up with steroids like crazy. Yeah, and so and that's why, you know, I think for a lot of people, they, they go to, and I'm actually beginning the fitness journey now, not to get really fit, just to get, like, less unfit. And and I think a lot of people have entirely unrealistic expectations because they 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 naturally compare themselves to people who are on gear or who who are taking a, a stack of of stuff every month, you know, like like Liver King. Liver King was a perfect example. He's like, okay, primals, just you know, eat bull testicles and live a primal <laughs> life, and it's like, and take ten thousand dollars of steroids every month, and you too can have pecs the size of bowling balls. Yeah, it is very funny. You don't hear very often. Women, they talk about all the time. Like, women have unnatural body images because every girl on Instagram well, that's is That's mostly making... plastic surgery-based more than anything else now. Which yeah. Which I also... I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of au naturel. I'm not sure au naturel swimming, but au naturel and the rest <laughs> of life. <laughs> By our generation, that was not a thing. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. I hope you guys have had a lot of fun with us. Go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a moment. Tomorrow, by the way, we may get a ruling in another Trump case. That is the business case that is in front of the uh, Letitia James case. And and right now, as we're closing up for today, but we promise we'll break it down for you tomorrow, Fonnie Willis-Clay taking the oh stand. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, that is going to be must-watch television. We'll get the best audio clips for you tomorrow, and I guarantee we'll be opening the show with that tomorrow. I don't see any way that she is still going to be the DA prosecuting this case by the end of the week, but we'll give you the big-time hits from that tomorrow. Thanks for hanging. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.